Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to the Relentless Truth Podcast. I'm John Warren. Welcome to this series of episodes that feature special guests. I hope you'll like, share, review, comment, subscribe, and otherwise go to johnwarrenmedia.com for more information. I don't have the favorite students in the classroom, but there is a favorite group of very bright, engaged students that give me confidence in our future as a nation and in the future of our Christian community. One of those students is with us today. His name is Max Simmons. He's a rising senior at Circle Christian School. He plays varsity basketball. He's in the theater program. His dad's the worship leader at his church, and he's involved in his church's ministries and plays bass in the church's band. Max, it is so good to have you here. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you, Max. I want to, you know, this is one of those moments where I feel like I want to show you off to the world, to podcasting (laughs) world, because first, I want you to tell your story. I want the listeners to know who Max Simmons is. So you talk as long as you'd like and just tell us about Max. Sure, I will. Um. Oh, yeah. I was born and raised in the great state of Florida in the, the legendary Longwood, Central Florida area. My whole life, I've been born and raised in the church. I grew up there. Like, my dad is the worship minister, but he was also, like, one of the founding members of the church that I've gone to my entire life. I was baptized when I was nine years old. Oh, and I can remember what happened was we were doing a children's musical. And during that musical, they would show a video of a bunch of pastors talking about like the importance of Christ in your lives and why you need salvation. And it was Billy Graham. Billy Graham was talking about why Jesus is so important and why salvation is so important to our lives and how we can be better stewards of God's great gifts and talents for us via um, the salvation and love that he offers us. And hearing that, flipped my whole world upside down. I went to my dad and I was like, Dad, I think that I need to get baptized and I need to have God change my life and flip it around. And since then, it has been a whirlwind of awesomeness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I have been pretty much involved in anything that I could get my hands on from a young age. I did soccer and basketball and just engineering sort of stuff. As a kid, I would just take stuff apart and then put it back together and then take it apart again and put it back together. I would try to build, I tried to build a roller coaster once. That was a good time. And (laughs) (laughs) it didn't work out very well, but it was a good time. (laughs) And through all of that, uh, I've come to love serving, serving people. And my church puts like a priority on that. We are a church of, of service through events that we run where we stretch out to the community and our church model is actually go touch and change the world with the love of Christ. And I've taken that to heart and has become like a mantra of mine to go out into the world and just sort of serve 
and show the love of Christ through what I can do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and then that's kind of, that's kind of it, I guess. <laughs> well, I want to give you a chance to uh, give your church a plug. What is the name of your church? It's called the Church at 434. And your dad is a pastor there. Yeah, yeah, he's the worship leader, not the pastor. His his name is Michael Simmons. Your mom is Gretchen, mm-hmm. and both are involved in Circle Christian School in different capacities. And your older brother is Patrick. I've also had the pleasure of knowing him in classes over the years. And I, I, I will tell you, as I heard you introducing yourself there, my first thought was, you've always had an amazingly mature perspective on things. And I think it was helpful for you to describe your salvation experience the way that you just did. And it is a special family that has a guy like Patrick in it and Uh then your older brother. And then a couple of years later, I get to meet you and it tells me that um, something right is going on in the Simmons household. So you should meet Katie. She's bad than all of us. Oh, she's the, and how old is Katie? She's 15. Oh, awesome. Well, I have not had the pleasure and I, I hope I do. You know, when you talk about your story, you know, the, your interests are so diverse. It is rare that, a, although not unheard of, that somebody has an interest in the arts and engineering and all of these other interests. Do you, do you have any idea when you go to college what you're going to major in and what your the focus your vocational focus might be? Or are you still kind of waiting to figure that out? As of right now, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, like you said, my I've just kind of done anything that I could do, and I've loved doing everything. Yeah. So it's really hard to narrow down one thing to focus on. And I don't think I ever truly will focus solely on one thing. I think I'm always going to be sort of doing multiple things at once. All right. I've got a tough question for you, a, a broad mm-hmm. question that goes beyond just who Max is. But you're one of the most insightful students. You're part of a group of students that I think of as mature and insightful. You see you more than most, I mean, more than almost all uh, students at this level kind of look at look at subjects deeply all subjects very deeply You've, you're just a you're just a deep thinker and when but when you think about our society today broadly what are the issues that concern you most what do you think just give us a little max simmons wisdom on what you see happening in our society today yeah i, I think that today there's a lot, there's a lot of tension in society and it's, I don't, I'm trying to figure out a good way to slide into this, but the thing that I have found, the differences in, the thing that I've found is that we, we as a society do not have a defined morality as much as we used to, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Well, I think that when Americans and the world in general have tried to push God further out of the equation, and God is the, the Bible and God is where we find ultimate truth and morality, where we find right and wrong. And then since we've taken that out of the picture, it has opened the door for just all of these tragic things to happen in our culture. You have things like abortion, which is awful, and this like stirring up of like racial tension that's going on in, the, in America right now. 
in the world around us. And I think it all bottles down to the fact that we have sort of abandoned Christ and the rules and regulations that God gives us, which are perfect and flawless. Well, that that's absolutely right. In, in fact, we live in a world that some would say is a post-truth world. And what they mean when they, I know you know what that means, but what for our listeners, what that means is that we've, we've really said that not only is absolute truth not a thing, objective truth isn't knowable. And when what you were talking about, when you talked about society drifting away from God's truth, we've left any standard of any absolute truth. And in so doing, we open the door to a host of issues. And I'm wondering, you know, you, you mentioned some hot ones just, just then. (laughs) Can you comment? Cause in class you are so, artful at the way you talk about these things. Can you pick a couple of those that concern you most and, and just go a little deeper, talk a little further about them? A couple of those issues that, that were, had we not drifted, we wouldn't be experiencing in our world today. Sure. Sure. Abortion always comes up first in my mind because it's one of the things that just saddens me most in the world. But I always bring back stuff to the lack of God because it it always is. The thing that, I see is that, like you said, there's no, nobody sees objective truth anymore. So that no, if there's no objective truth, then there's no objective right or wrong. So all these issues that I just listed, like you can't necessarily see, like if you don't have a place to go for, for truth, for objective truth, then there's nothing telling you what's right or wrong. Right. So what God says that I've created everyone in my image and I've drawn out the tapestry of their life, and I know what I, what's best for them, and I know that I want them to live a fulfilling life, a life that nobody could ever imagine living because I've created them, and I value them. Well, that all goes away when you take God out of the equation, and you say, well, if, if that valuing of human life is there, then abortion isn't seen as something that's that bad. <laughs> to put it bluntly, because nobody has any value for, for life. Because God is what gives life value. You just said that beautifully. And as you're talking, I'm thinking that the philosophical approach that you just took, you called it a tapestry. You talked about God's creation, God making us beautifully in his image. You talked about this design that he has for us. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was reading in, in uh, Psalm 51, um, this week, and I, I had missed this before for some reason, but David says, create in me a new heart. You know, he's confessing, he's repenting of his sin. And that word creating actually is the same word that was used in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created. And sometimes I think we think that God wound the world up and let it go, but he is creating, he is acting, he is working in and through us, and yes, this, this denial of truth lands us in a place where we're, we're rudderless. And, you know, we've talked about this in class before, but I want our listeners to hear this. When you do that, then you, you end up in a world that, that says that you can have your truth and I can have my truth. And Joe over here can have his truth and Susie can have her truth and people all over the world can have their truth. 
And those truths don't have to align with any absolute truth. And so you and I've talked about some, you, you and I and other students in class, some some challenging issues, abortion being being one of them. And, you know, I would urge you when you listen to this, when this podcast episode is, is released, uh, we're, we're going to have to be thick skinned. So because we'll get some interesting comments since we yeah. we're, we're going to talk about some interesting issues. But we're obligated to tell the truth as Christians, aren't we? And when yeah. when we know the source of absolute truth, Scripture itself, and this beautiful plan that you just mentioned, wouldn't it be immoral for us not to talk about it? It would be. It would be a disservice to what we believe in, in a way. Like, you know, obviously, we can't call people out and yell at them and scream at them because that doesn't get us anywhere. Exactly. But our if we don't talk about these issues and if we just let them slide underneath the table, then the world is just going to keep getting worse, right? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm going to need to have you back on with me. Uh, we, we've got some more time today, but but uh, one of the things that's going on in my life is the uh, producer of this podcast has asked me to do a, a segment, an episode or two on critical race theory and social justice. And for the reasons you just cited, that's intimidating to me. I, I understand what those issues are all about. I could have replaced the word abortion in your answer about you know current a current event that that concerns us in society with those topics, and pretty much my answer, my response would would be the same. I need to tell the truth. I need to tell the truth in love. God's word, His creation. He He did make us in his image, created us in his image, and we can talk about the fall and the implications of the fall and all of that, but that creation, his creative work, and his his plan for this universe gives us clarity on all of these issues, including social justice, critical race theory, abortion, and a lot of other hot topics that seem to divide us today. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So tell me about this. I know that this our listeners are already fascinated by who Max is, and you've already gone deep in talking about issues that concern you in society. What's it like to be a Christian young man your age, a rising high school senior, in a world that doesn't always embrace Christianity? Can you just give some color to that? Yes. Well, for the most part, I have been very grateful to surround myself with my closest friends are loving, God-fearing men and women who just iron sharpens iron relationship on that and making me a better human being. And I'm just going to I'm going to interrupt you and guess that that has been very intentional on your part to surround yourself with those people. It has. I mean, the people you spend the most time with are who you become. So you got to be very intentional with who you decide. And I'm not saying you should never spend any time with people who are not Christian because obviously like we're called as Christians to go out and make disciples of all nations. That's right. And that means that you have to spend time with people who do not believe in Christ. But the, the people who really deeply know you and you spend time with and you make deep, deep connections with, I believe should be brothers and sisters in Christ so that you can sharpen each other's faith and uh, look out for each other. Well, that, that's exactly right. So from the perspective of a person your age, a rising high school senior, what would you say that 
it's like to be in this world. So you, t- you talked about what you focus on and you, you surround yourself mm-hmm. wisely and, and, and your, your wisdom just, you sound like a 50 year old man who is mature <laughs> in the faith. <laughs> you, you don't look like I one. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, no, it's, good. <laughs> it's a good thing from a maturity standpoint, but you still enjoy, you have fun. You have as much fun as anyone else I know, any other student I know, but you're serious about living the Christian life and you're in a world that doesn't always embrace Christianity. Where, where does that show up? You know, I, I'm thinking of things like social media. You're, you're, we're in an electronic age that competes for your time. But what what kinds of things? What kinds of observations do you have when when you describe this world that doesn't all isn't always conducive? It, it isn't always compatible with or, or congruent with that environment that you just talked about that you've created for yourself. There's some tension there, isn't there? When you talk about social media, I think that is one of the coolest things. It's like one of the best and worst things that's happened mm. to humanity. <laughs> yeah, because it's so it's so interesting to be able to know what's going on anywhere at a moment's notice, and that's a very cool and unique thing. But also, you can know what's going on anywhere at a moment's notice, and there is so much temptation that comes out of social media because there's so many horrible things that you can find via the internet nowadays that are just big temptations, uh, especially in like a young man's life with like very like lustful temptations, I guess you could say that that they're all over social media. That is a struggle for a young Christian man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what about just comment for just a moment about, bullying and, and and maybe that that's not the right word, but the canceling, bullying, posturing. If you identify on social media a certain way with certain comments, you can get excluded from a group or put into oh, yeah. or put into an undesirable group. Those are pressures that, that we didn't really have. And and you know, when I was younger, you you I'm gonna sound old when I say this, but you you were either kind of part of the athletes or you were part of a, a popular crowd or, or you were a dork or whatever we had, we had labels, but you kind of got to self-identify. You kind it was kind of based on what you, what you focused on, but it seems that we're in this environment now where there's so much canceling and, and, and but ba- based on a two sentence tweet that you sent five years ago in the, in the case yeah. of some people, What's that like to be part of a world that, that does that? Do you have any thoughts on that? It's super interesting because you have to decide how much you want people to know who you truly are. Mm. Or, or if you just want to sort of blend into the culture. You either like step out and you are super unique and people will throw stones at you and judge you and mock you and scorn you and insult you. Or you can sort of blend into the woodwork and go along to get along, essentially. And it is, it's so, I don't understand cancel culture very well because I, I just don't get, I just don't get it. It doesn't leave room for people to grow. Uh, that's the whole biggest thing. You said that you can look up a tweet from five years ago mm-hmm. and then people can take your job away because of it. The whole social media is a series of trends that become cool and uncool and you follow those trends and you're good. But if you stand firm in what you believe and what you think is right, then it's not a pretty picture. 
Well, you know, one of the one of the things that you do, Max, is demonstrate a maturity in relationships. And as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, some of the moments that have meant most to me, some of the most some of the moments that God uses to mature us most involve our recovering relationships, apologizing, asking for forgiveness, repenting and and recovery. And I can go through all kinds of sports analogies. You you've heard the the obviously you're a basketball player, so you've heard the yeah. percentage of rebounds that where the ball hits the floor first and and you know it's significant. Recovery is just a significant part of life. And it seems to me that we've kind of in some circles, social media takes part of that away and it makes a lot of sins, a lot of errors, a lot of mistakes, and some that aren't mistakes, unforgivable. And so yeah. it kind of robs us, I think, of the opportunity to forgive others because, well, they got dismissed, they're gone. And it also can rob the offending party of the opportunity to recover relationally. And that's just not what scripture teaches. And it's not life, how no. life works. See, it's the exact opposite. And no human being has ever gone through life perfectly except Jesus. Right, we've all made mistakes and we've all screwed up over the years. Again and, and again, thing, again and again and again. The thing that Christianity offers is it says, like God says, "Oh, I know that you've messed up, but I still want you, and I know, and I can, and I can forgive you, and you can repent." And repentance is just doing a one eighty and turning away from your mistakes and going into a new life and a new uh, hope in Christ. That's exactly right. And, so when you when you look at cancel culture and for that for that example, is that it does leave no room for forgiveness? Yeah, and so it, and so to that extent, to an extent, it's anti-biblical, isn't it? Isn't it? It is. It is. It, it expects you to live a perfect life, which we know is impossible. We're all going to make mistakes, and which I'm, then leads us. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but with it, this then leads us to living a fake life, a manufactured life. You know, you've heard some funny songs about an online persona versus real personas. It can make a young person. And I I get to talk to you and students like you every year, over a hundred of students a year go through my classes. And I am amazed at how many of you who, who think about your careers and your future have to be careful even about, the online platforms that you choose to engage in because of this cancel culture. And I guess the fear for some young people is that if I stand out in a particular way, I might get excluded from opportunity down the road. Yeah, that is why I, that is why it's so hard for me to judge who somebody is based off of like their social media feed, because it's when you're on there, you kind of want to just try to blend in. Yep. And then when you get around real people and you see that, oh, well, like these people aren't perfect either. You're yourself and you're free to express your opinions and your thoughts and ideas. Well, that's exactly right. Max, I want to take some more of your time here and I I want you to talk to parents like me. Mm -hmm. And I want you to tell us, and you've already talked about some of these things, but tell us from the perspective of a high school senior what we should know about your generation. One of the blessings of being me in that classroom is that I get to know your generation a little bit. So this, this is your, and, and my, my confidence is restored. I, I 
I get a sense of peace. I'm all, I, I know our listeners are amazed listening to you and your insights because of your maturity, but, but this is your opportunity to tell us what your generation would like older generations to know about you. Yeah. From what I think you need to know about my generation is that they, we want the same things as everybody else does. We want to be heard. We want to be respected. All that stuff. We want our ideas to be out there. Just like everybody else, people from the dawn of time have all been the same, just in different age brackets. So I, I think that that we just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I get it. Uh, I, I think you're right. And and I think one of the things I see, tell, tell me whether you agree with this or not, but you want us to treat you like you're as mature as you are. You want opportunities. You You want... I'm I'm not suggesting and this this is an awkward age and I could talk for an hour on this on this topic because you're taking on some adult responsibilities and yet we still treat you like children in some respects and you know it, it, there's an awkwardness there as you mature and every family kind of does this differently and that's kind of beautiful to see your family does it exceptionally well I think because of who your parents are and how God has worked in in your family but there's definitely a a challenge in your generation taking on, you're capable of taking on more responsibility sometimes than, yeah. than I think we give you. I was just talking to my sister about that very point because I was like, I, I was asking her and I was like, what do your friends think that parents should know about this upcoming generation? And she said that she wants like more responsibility and she wants to be heard and she wants to be able to like get in those really deep in the mud conversation and be an equal participant in them. And she wants her ideas about how society is working, how to improve society and to improve the lives of of individuals. Well, it's funny as you were talking, I'm thinking one of the things that intimidates me about teaching really smart and wise students like you and others that we've had in class is that when we go deep in class, when we really, when we really kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and and explore a topic and we talk about maybe not just christianity but opposing views of the world opposing philosophies sometimes as christians we treat it like your generation can't handle that discussion when in fact you you thrive on it you know it's not we treat it almost as if 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 we tell you what the other side is thinking you might be swayed to go that way when in fact it is god who keeps you christianity makes perfect sense it's the logical best choice and and he he cements truth inside of us as we trust in him, and so there's really no danger of that. And those conversations are among some of the most beautiful that we have in class. I think. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. I think interestingly enough, my gen- my generation, from people I've met and interacted with, love getting into the, the nitty gritty conversations because, like you said, Christianity is like the most logical way to live life <laughs> from what I've seen and I've that's and right. like in your class last year we explored all these different uh, world views and how each of them live and each time I was like yo you know maybe like that little section of it makes sense but the rest of it makes no sense <laughs> yep or like but whenever you go back to God and Christianity all of it sort of comes together and you can see it move in your life and in other people's lives well, that's exactly right. And there's so much truth there in those sentences to unpack. I'm going to 
in the interest of time, I want I want you to I want you to real quickly but let's do a quick lightning round on two more questions. Okay. One is assume for a moment you were just elected president instead of Joe All Biden, right. which is a thing that I would like to see happen when you're old enough, by the way. <laughs> okay. Now, now assume for a moment that you are president. What would President Simmons focus on right now for our country? There's, I think there's a lot of tension in the country for not a very good reason. <laughs> I like to remind people all that we have in common mm. and the commonality between us as Americans and as residents of Earth. If you look at it from a Christian perspective, just like historically, we all go back to Adam and Eve. So we're all related in that. That's right. And I, even if you look at it from like an evolutionary perspective, we all evolved as my dad likes to say, we all, my dad likes to say, we've all evolved from the same primordial ooze. Um, <laughs> so, so even so, we, we're all related in a deep way and we all want the same thing. The only difference that I can, that I see with my eyes is the difference in melanin in our skin. But we all want to live a good life, a long life, a prosperous life. And I think that I would try to, try to heal that wound because it's super important to me that we can all be united in the fact that we're all at the end of the day no matter what our political differences are whether we think vaccines are good or if they're not good or whatever you're christian or not christian we're all people who want to, the best for ourselves and for our families and our yeah you know, it's funny. I'm an introvert. I think they call me an ambivert because I'm kind of in the middle when I take those assessments. And that's what and, I am. And yet, when I go out and meet people, when I'm thrust into a social setting with people I don't know, I am amazed that what you just said is true. That I have we we all have way more in common, regardless mm-hmm. of the color of our skin, regardless of our uh, origin, regardless of our backgrounds, our socioeconomic status. We have way more in common than 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 we often think, and and it you know we we usually say things like my generation says this a lot uh, oh it's a small world and and when in fact what we're saying is we 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 really have a lot more in common than than uh, than we think and and we don't that's not a front of mind kind of awareness as we uh, as we live this life so I think you're absolutely right and I've got I've got one final question for you. And I do want to have you back and have uh, discuss a couple of these topics more deeply. But I want this, I want this, our listeners to know a little more about who you are. The gospel of Jesus Christ is clearly the thing that is missing from the lives of, of so many people. You know, Christianity is also often referenced as the narrow way. I want you to talk just for a minute uh, to young people who are Christians right now and don't know what to do to improve the world. How does the gospel inform us on, or how does scripture inform us on how to live and how we can make an impact on this world, make the world a better place? Well, the first part of my answer is in the question. Go to scripture. If I wanted to know how to change the world, I would look at an example of Jesus, who was the only man who stepped into the world and just flipped it on its head. Uh, mm, that's my, right. Well, actually, it was upside down, so he flipped it right side up again with love. And he tells us the first and second greatest commandment is love your Lord, love Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength 
uh, and love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. I would say go out and love people and show love and show the love of Jesus to everyone you meet. And get excited about Christ. Get excited about this great, fantastic news that you get to share with anyone. And also, changing the world is really nearly impossible for one person to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So I would focus on the people around you, your friends, your family members who need to see Christ and who need to be shown uh, the love and redemption that Christ offers. Because if five of us go to our friend and tell them about Christ and they happen to accept Christ, then we have 10 of us now. And if all 10 of us go out and we talk to one person and uh, let's say seven accepts it, well, then we have 17. It takes everyone doing their part and everyone working within their own community. They're, even if you're a worldwide figure, you're not going to change the hearts and minds of everyone. And like you said, the road to, and not everyone's going to listen to this, but the road to Christianity is a very like narrow road and the road to hell is a wide one. <laughs> oh, that's right. But, but those, let's say that 90% of people don't accept him. I'm fighting for those 10%. And also, I want to remind everyone that people are much more willing to listen than what you might think they are. I've had experiences of this where I'm like, I don't know if I should talk to them about it just because like, they, they might not, they might just like turn around and not listen or just walk away. But it turns out when you offer hope, people listen up. Well, and, and most people are hurting more. Uh, we, 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 we also have something else in common, and that is our pain. And, and, yeah. and, and most people have more guilt and fear, broadly anxiety, than we advertise, than we disclose. So I think that's the reason that most people are willing to hear the gospel, yeah. if, especially if they see it lived out in our lives. Mm-hmm. It really is a message of hope. Exactly. And peace and joy. He like he Jesus said, I, I love you so much, I want you to be with me in eternity in heaven. So I died for you. So that you could live a prosperous life full of peace that passes all understanding and joy if you choose to. And that is beautifully said, and that is not the popular message that you get if you just log on to social media and read whatever's scrolling by. Mm-hmm. So Max, I know our listeners are, are again, this has probably been a, a jaw dropping session because they're thinking that you're a plant and you're, you're actually a 50 year old adult man who's on <laughs> faculty with me, but yeah. I, I get to see you live your life and I want to encourage you and I, and I want to make our listeners aware that this this is how this young man lives his life. And I am grateful. I'm grateful to know you. You you really do. You're part of a group of students who who make me a better Christ follower and encourage me in the faith. And I know it's been encouraging to our audience. So uh, we want to have you back sometime soon. Gladly. All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening. Please like, share subscribe and otherwise go to our website at johnmorinmedia.com for more information until next time thanks for listening to relentless truth with john warren 
please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren. Thank you.